This morning's message is entitled, The Practice of Debt-Free Living. And as we're in our, our series beginning here, uh, leading up to Faith Promise two weeks from today, the series is called Too Much. And it addresses what our culture tells us will be best for us, but what actually goes against the wisdom of, of God's Word and what the Bible cautions us about. We must overcome the want for more and develop the appreciation for enough. Uh, involuntary responses come naturally. You don't have to learn them. You, you don't have to consciously command your heart to continue beating while you sleep. Uh, you don't have to tell your lungs to breathe every five seconds. They just do that naturally, automatically, involuntarily. You don't have to program your eyes to blink if an object approaches them closely, you're, you're going to blink. That's all done involuntarily. From the time we were children, we want more. Contentment does not come naturally. By nature, we are not satisfied. As babies, we cry when uncomfortable, tired, or hungry. As adults, we long for bigger houses, exotic vacations, larger salaries. It's a part of our fallen carnal nature to always want more. Remember our, our first parents, Adam and Eve, in the garden paradise of, of Eden, God had generously provided everything for their needs, and yet they were not content. They wanted more. So during this time leading up to Faith Promise, we're, we're using a book as a resource entitled Too Much by, by Gary Johnson and he links four principles of money to four practices in handling money. So I want to recommend you pick up a, a copy of that today. We have those at the doorway. You can get it at the Welcome Center and, and read through this resource uh, during this month. Today, as we focus on this practice of, of debt-free living, we will learn that the, the principle of contentment will lead us to the practice of debt-free living. Larry Burkett in his book, Debt-Free Living, writes, regardless of how it seems today, debt is not normal in any economy and it should not be normal for God's people. We live, he goes on, in a debt-ridden society that is now virtually dependent on a constant expansion of credit to keep the economy going. That is the symptom of a society that is no longer willing to follow God's direction. First thing I, I want you to see today about, about that is that although not forbidden in the Bible, debt is discouraged. There's not a verse that says, thou shall not go into debt. The, the Israelites made loans to their brother Israelites in Deuteronomy 15 verse 2 and the Bible does forbid charging unfair interest, usury, to take advantage of, of the poor. And that's spoken against in a number of passages. Co-signing for another's loan is warned against in Scripture as, as being foolish because the, the bank is saying this person can't afford the loan. Would you sign and, and be responsible if he or she defaults? And, and so the, the biblical principle is if you want to help someone give 
them the gift, and if they can repay you, that's great. Count it as an unexpected blessing, but uh, it's not wise to sign and enter into someone else's debt and take their responsibility on. Matthew 5.42 says, Give to the one who asks you, and do not turn away from the one who wants to borrow from you. I believe it's in God's plan for us to, to be debt-free. Uh, my friend Barry Cameron has, has written several books on this topic, and he's recently moved from, from Texas to Cincinnati. And he answered the question, does the Bible forbid going into debt? And he said, no, but it sure discourages it. And the reason is found in Proverbs 22, verse 7. It says, the rich rule over the poor, and the borrower is slave to the lender. When you're in debt, you're in chains. You're shackled to that creditor. The the borrower is slave to the lender. So owing money creates this sense of being enslaved. When you get your paycheck, it's already spent, it's already spoken for, going to pay your debts. In the New Testament, the Apostle Paul recommended, Romans 13, 8, let no debt remain outstanding, unpaid, except the continuing debt to love one another, for whoever loves others has fulfilled the law. He's saying, really, the only debt I can see that makes sense is this debt of loving other people. And you don't want, ever want to pay that one off. But the, the idea of owing creditors can, can put a lot of pressure on your life. J.W. McGarvey, one of the founders of Cincinnati Bible Seminary, said, the precept does not prohibit the contraction of, of a debt, but it constrains us to be prepared to pay it when due. The obligation to give the gospel to those who have it not is one of the greatest Christian debts. All the experts in, in the field of Christian finance recommend the, the 10 10 80 policy for our finances. And that's a, a simple rule that says give that first 10% to God, save 10%, and, and live on 80% of your income. And this approach encourages us to be saving in advance for that rainy day, that car breakdown, that refrigerator that that goes on the blink. It it teaches us this contentment of deferring gratification, delaying that until we have saved up and and can afford to to make the purchase. And that's a, a discipline that goes against the American way. What the American advertising industry says you deserve it now so go out and charge it on your credit card and you can enjoy it today and the problem is that the high interest that comes with that and again having that creditor hanging over you and so uh, our, our culture teaches us to credit spend as a reflex as we rush to get the newest latest gadget or item and, and the Bible says to, it's fine to have that, save and, and wisely make that purchase when you can safely afford it. Comedian Steve Martin lampooned the credit culture that prevails in America. Watch this. 
You black it out, please. That's a, a novel idea, isn't it? That just it goes against everything that we, we hear and see and, and what, what the culture is telling us. That's Steve Martin's advice lines up with the Bible on this. Debt is discouraged. And the, the second truth I want you to see today is if you are in debt, you ought to get out as quickly as possible. There, there can be this mentality that uh, the damage is done. You know, we're just in it for the long haul. We're, we're Americans. You know, that's, that's just our, our world, our culture. And I want to challenge you to, to work to get out of debt. Because if you're in debt, it affects everything you do. Your attitude toward life in general is affected by debt. If you get calls from creditors, fights with your spouse over finances, conflict over money is the leading cause of divorce. It contributes to 80% of the divorces in America. So I want to suggest a, a sequence of next steps for each of us to take in order to get out of debt as quickly as possible. And it's this principle first that debt is bondage. We need to break the chains by, first of all, attacking existing debt. So, so make a list of all your debts from the largest to the smallest amounts and begin systematically to pay off the small debt. And enjoy that small victory that comes and then, then take that money that you were paying on the smallest debt and attack the, the next to the smallest debt and pay it off and enjoy that little win and then work on your, your next bill and, and so on as you go up the ladder. And debt is bondage. So break the chains by reducing spending and cut back, economize, make it a contest to, to slow the outgo of money being spent. This message is especially timely because right now it is open season on consumers uh, for Christmas. And the advertising swirling around us. We're already getting mailers in the, in the mailbox and uh, everywhere in front of us uh, are, are ads and, and pressures to, to buy this or that uh, for our families at Christmas. So first thing is to reduce that spending, to cut back, the, to, to try to economize. And, and it can be fun to see how long you can keep some of that money in your, your billfold or purse and, and stretch it. The next thing you, you need to, to do is bondage is debt is bondage. Break the chains by avoid further debt. So today, November 5th, draw a line in the sand and declare war on credit spending. And the only exception to that is if you pay off your credit card balances every month and avoid carrying over a balance and you're not paying interest to a creditor. It may be that today is the day you need to perform plastic surgery. You, you need to get out your scissors and, and cut your credit cards in, in, in half and, uh, and just say, I'm not going to go any farther in, in debt. Debt is bondage. So break the chains by partnering with God to, to get out of debt. And what I want you to understand is you can't do it alone. You'll need God's help. He's the one that provides you with the job, with the source of income, with the health to work. And you must rely on him and follow his principles if you want to deliver 
be delivered from the bondage of, of debt. And he can provide you with the peace that you need. It sounds counterintuitive. We think we can get out of it on our own because we got into it on our own. That's not how it happens. We, we got into it on our own. We need God's help to get out of debt. If you're in debt, you need to get out as quickly as possible. Psalm 37 verse 21 says, The wicked borrow and do not repay. First of all, but because of your witness to others, you don't want to get in over your head. And second, you want to be free so you can do whatever you want with the money. King David wrote a song, Psalm 37. And he said, I was young and now am old, yet I've never seen the righteous forsaken or their children begging for bread. They are always generous and lend freely and their children will be a blessing. Dave Ramsey, in his book, Priceless, said, Save yourself. Save your marriage. Forget crisis management. Get a cash flow plan in place that helps you pay off the past, manage the present, and prepare for the future. God's plan is that we are to be lenders, not borrowers. Deuteronomy 28, verse 12. God never intended the church to be anything but the leader in the world. And that's not just in spiritual things, but I think also in financial things. We ought to be a model for the world when it comes to managing finances. If we learn how to live debt-free, we will be. Listen to the advice that the Apostle Paul gave to the younger minister, Timothy. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 6. He said, But godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into the world, and we can take nothing out of it. But if we have food and clothing, we will be content, there's that word again, with that. And so the principle of contentment will, will lead us to the practice of, of debt-free living. There's a third thing I want to emphasize to you this morning. That's that contentment is the key to overcoming the desire for more. Many people think, if I had enough money, you know, proper management wouldn't be a concern. But that's not the case. Do you remember the story of Mike Tyson? I don't mean when he, he bit Evander Holyfield's ear off, ear off but I, I mean... In the nine years before his bankruptcy, which he filed in August of 2004, Mike Tyson earned at least $300 million. That's an average income of more than $91,000 per day. That's over six hundred grand per week. You probably think you could squeak by on that amount, but Tyson couldn't make the ends meet. Dr. James Dobson was correct when he observed, unless you learn to live on less than you make, you will never have enough money, no matter how much you make. And that's what Mike Tyson demonstrates for us. Satan tries to get us to believe that money and things can satisfy us. 
they cannot. Only God can do that. He made us in such a way that apart from a meaningful relationship with him, life is meaningless no matter how much money we make or how much stuff we have. We see that in Hollywood all the time. People with fame, fortune, success, popularity, whose lives are miserable because they've left out that foundational component of, of a relationship with God. So unless you control your finances, they will control you. And that's why it's so important to partner with God to have his help in, in getting out of debt. And this month, as we look at what the Bible says uh, about our finances today, we, we talk about avoiding debt. Next week, we look at the, the importance of, of saving. And then in our final week, we, we talk about the, the value of, of giving. And giving to God is, is the only way out of our financial problems. And what happens, most people stop giving to God when they have financial problems. And that compounds the problem. Philippians 4, Paul teaches this Christian attribute of contentment and how it runs counter to the carnal nature's craving for more things. But remember, contentment is a learned response. And we look in verse 12, it says, I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. Paul says, I've been on both sides of this. I grew up in a wealthy family, started out really well off, and right now I don't have two nickels to rub together. I'm in prison. I'm struggling. He said, I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation. I'm looking at things differently. So whether I am well-fed or whether I am hungry... Whether I'm living in plenty or I'm living in want, I can do everything through him who gives me strength. That's the key. Jesus. Gary Johnson, in his book, Too Much, points out on page 47 that the context of that verse of promise, Philippians 4.13, is saying, I can be content through Christ's help that empowers us. I don't have to have more stuff. I don't have to have the newest, the, the biggest, the best. I can find a contentment in my walk with the Lord that, that supersedes any material appliance. And then dropping down to verse 19 there in Philippians 4, Paul writes from prison again, and my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. My God will meet all your needs. Notice it doesn't say God will meet all of our greeds, but he'll take care of our basics, the the needs. If you're struggling with managing your money, then let someone know. We can help put you with a mentor partner to speak to you about your finances and provide some some godly counsel to help you be guided going forward. In January, our our church will be offering uh, FPU, Financial Peace University, led by Mark Kennedy. 
And again, it's just this practical wisdom from God's word of how to get out of debt, stay out of debt, and, and, and go forward without the, the shackles of, of being in that bondage of, of debt. I recommend to you Dave Ramsey, and you can find him on, online anywhere. He's on 93.7 in the afternoons from 2 to 4. He's on WKRC, 5.50 a.m. in the evenings, uh, I believe from 7 to 10. But you, you can always get a podcast on, on demand. And his mantra is, if you live like no one else, you can live and give like no one else. He means if you tighten the belt and go on beans and rice and get out of debt as soon as possible, then you will be liberated to be able to be generous to God and, and to others. Yeah, sometimes we think, well, you know, I, I'm going to go ahead and buy this because I can afford the, the payment, but the payment's just one dimension of the purchase. Uh, car loans now have been backed out where you can get a car loan on a new car that goes 84 months at 0% interest. So we're thinking, oh, no interest, that's, that's good for me. Uh, yeah, that'll reduce my payment over 84 months. Uh, yeah, yeah let, let's do that. What isn't calculated into that computation is that that brand new car will depreciate 25 to 30% the minute you drive it off the lot and so, although you're not paying interest, you are instantly upside down. You're underwater on that purchase. And so, you have to maybe avoid settings where it would be tempting to spend more on your next car than, than you really can't afford to spend. A few years ago, uh, Johnny needed a, a rental car for a, a week or so, so we, we went to enterprise to, to, to get a rental car and they said okay well we have two options for you uh, uh, your insurance will, today will cover a, a Hyundai Accent Compact or a brand new Chevrolet Silverado pickup straight from the dealer this morning we've just taken delivery of it today it has only 80 factory miles on it so can, can you guess which vehicle I wanted her to take she wanted the fuel-efficient accent. But she looked and said, you'd like the Silverado, right? Gulp. Um, you're the one who'll be driving it. It's, it's your call, I offered. And at that moment, Johnny said, do you want me to get the pickup? Is the Pope Catholic? Yes. <laughs> you, you mean the brand new Chevy Silverado with only 80 factory miles on it? No, it's probably better that I don't drive that for a week or it might tempt me to upgrade my current ride. No truck payment, 11-year-old Chevy Silverado, which at the time had 190,000 miles on it. And, and so... Sometimes it's wise to avoid putting yourself in that situation where you're going to want more. That, that might be too much. But listen to the caution found in Hebrews 13.5. Keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have. Because God has said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. Again, if we have God in our lives, 
Anything else is, is, is extra. It's a bonus. We don't need that to, to feel good. And sometimes our culture tells us you need this to feel good, to feel smart, to feel successful, to feel respected. And so we buy things that we, we really don't need because of, of that insecurity. We must beware and avoid the subtlety of debt. Can you get out of debt? Absolutely. The, the biggest debt we ever owed has already been paid for us. The, the greatest debt for any one of us is our sin. And Jesus died so that you can be debt-free for eternity. Will you accept his paid-in-full offer of grace? Have you ever stopped to imagine what life would be like if you were completely out of debt? What you could do with your paycheck that wasn't already obligated in bills and, and monthly payments? Just think of the possibilities. Uh, what you could do for your children. What you could do to help single moms and single dads. How you could assist widows and, and widowers. What could be done to help those in our community who are struggling? We could do just about anything we want if we're debt-free. There's no question God wants us out of debt. And there's no question he's willing to do whatever it takes to help us. He already did that with our sin. And so Jesus came and died so that we could be debt-free. So if God did everything he could to get you out of debt for eternity, and he did through Jesus, don't you think he can help you get out of debt presently with your finances right now? He will if you'll partner with him. Don't cut him out of the equation. Make sure you're doing it in a God-honoring way, following his biblical principles. And when we do that, then God can, can deliver us. Would you pray with me? Lord, first of all, thank you for paying our debt. Uh, Jesus paid a debt he didn't owe. Now we owe a, a debt we cannot pay, a, a debt of gratitude. And So may the way we live our lives uh, just be a big thank you to you every day for that. Lord, I, I lift up the individuals and families today that are feeling that, that crushing pressure of being overextended financially. And you didn't intend for any of us to, to live that way. And, and yet our, our culture has pressured us to, uh, to, to cave in to, to buying things that we, we desire, even if we're not ready to make that purchase. So help us not to forget the simple wisdom of, of Steve Martin this morning as we face the upcoming Christmas season and our challenge to, to overspend uh, in the name of family. Uh, we pray for your wisdom and Lord, we ask for your partnership as we work to be free of any debt except for that, that debt of loving others. We pray in, in the name of Jesus.